What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co-host, Rich Houck, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. All right, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Ryan McNichols here. Today is Saturday, May 6th. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Houck. Hey, what's up, everybody? And our producer, Mike Coyle. What's going on, guys? Well, last time we were going through our rookie rankings, we went through our top 10 players. We had a little bit of variance there. So now we are going to go through the 11 through 20 positions, essentially what would be the second round of a 10-team draft. We were doing, looking at it from a 1QB PPR perspective, also talking a little bit about where some of these guys would fall in a, in a redraft league, though not, you know, not happening yet at the moment. But again, with rookie drafts coming up for everybody now that the NFL is done, we were just taking a look at this. So we're going to go through that. And depending on how long that goes, we may or may not have something else at the end here, just some wide receiver movement as far as rankings goes after the draft uh, that we didn't talk about before. So let's hop into it then. Left off. We left off after 10. We started at 11. I imagine this is going to be, uh, we're going to vary quite a bit here. In the second round. Just to bring it back real quick, who did you guys have at number 10? I had Sam Laporta tight end for Detroit. And I had Zach Charbonnet. Okay, cool. So, number 11 then. my wider, The sixth wide receiver I have ranked here, Jonathan Mingo for the Carolina Panthers. This is a guy you know that I had brought up on the podcast before. He was a late riser as far as the pre-draft process goes. A lot of other people started talking him up because of his size. No, no, no. no. They talked him up because they heard us mention him on the pod. That's right. They listened to our pod and took our content, and they didn't give us any credit. <laughs> we record this, and all of a sudden, Jonathan Mingo just starts shooting just up shooting draft up boards. boards. What? Like <laughs> goes in the second round to the Carolina Panthers, so they invested significant capital there. The only competition at the moment is Adam Thielen, who's on his way out of the NFL at 33 years old. DJ Chark, who's not managed to put together a good uh, full season since like his rookie year at this point. Are there Chark? Truthers out there still? They exist. Okay. Few and far between, but they I just, exist. I haven't seen any in the wild recently. I feel like there's probably a truther for just about everybody out You're, there. Yeah, that's right. There's probably... I, I think Antonio Brown's still on a team in our league, you know? Somebody's still hoping Antonio Brown will come back. Yikes. It's just they don't want the uh, public shame of seeing everybody get the notification that AB was dropped. <laughs> All right. So, uh... <laughs> the upside there for Jonathan Mingo is that he's the number one wide receiver for... Bryce Young moving forward there at the Carolina Panthers, and they just kind of grow and develop a bond together. And that's really, that's basically, you know, that's 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 what I'm looking at here. That's the upside. He could be the number one wide receiver with Bryce Young. Yep. Yeah, and they the Panthers have said that uh, Andy Dalton is QB1 to start. There's there's no timetable for when Bryce Young's going to take the reins. Hey, it's funny. You, I see. If only we had video, you, you guys could see the face that Rye's making. What? Oh. Oh. No! No, 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 no. What? That's the, that's the statement they made. I'm not making that up. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. <laughs> but, it, you know, Mingo doesn't have a, a ton of competition there. You know, Thielen's a very good wide receiver, but he's old. Yeah, shout out Andy Dalton, though, for still playing football. Hey. He hangs around for a reason, man. What? What's that reason? Make he, money. He's the line. Yeah, that's why he's, he's yeah. the line mm-hmm. between acceptable and unacceptable quarterback play. The Dalton line it exists for a reason. It'll be in the history books. Hey, 
He's making money. He's making money. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I get that. I respect that. This is a high. This is a higher level Chase Daniel here. A much higher level Chase. Yeah, Daniel. competitors don't just give oh, up. True competitors. He plays. Don't Chase Daniel didn't play a ton. Andy Dalton plays. That's why he's a much higher level, but essentially just you know collecting money. Andy Dalton took the Bengals to the playoffs before it was cool. Before Joe Barrow did it. Now we're in our thirties, but once Andy Dalton, <laughs> once Andy Dalton retires, I'm no longer yeah. a kid. How, how many did he win? Those playoff games that they went to. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's zero. <laughs> nice. Cincinnati is a nice town. All right, leave them alone. Hey, we don't need to bury them. I'm sorry. Did I hurt your feelings, stinky? <laughs> so yeah, they traded DJ Moore, first round pick, and a bunch of other picks. Uh, I imagine CJ or Bryce Young will be their starting quarterback sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think that's just you know, and, coach yeah. speak. Exactly. That's what all coaches are saying. Hey, dude, you got to give the guy competition. You yeah, can't, you can't just, just hand it to him. Yeah, hand him the job. Can't inflate his ego too dude, much. Great, great veteran to be to be playing, to be learning around, to learn how to be a professional quarterback, you know? Oh, no, yeah, sure. definitely. Absolutely. But, yeah, I have I have Mingo uh, one spot down. I have him at 12. For my 11, I have uh, Rasheed Rice, which I mentioned on the, when we wrapped up the last episode. And, Ryan, you had Rice earlier, right? Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah. he was my number nine. So a three-spot difference here. So yeah, I, I have Rice at there, right there at eleven. I, I like the opportunity. Um, I I won't make that mistake that everyone tends to make. Not saying that he won't be that guy, but he wasn't any higher than this in the pre-draft process for, for me. So I'm not going to bump him too much because of the landing spot, like like we've seen happen in years past. Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets bumped and, and taken over, you know, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift in a lot of leagues when he shouldn't have been. Um, it happened last year. Sky Moore, you know, it, it was taken above some players he probably shouldn't have been. I don't – why are you looking at me? I mean, I, you took him. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I was going to say something. I just didn't want to interrupt him while he was gone. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say um, – Patrick Mahomes did ask for them to draft Rasheed Rice the same way he asked them to draft Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Okay, so, so maybe not the best uh, scout out there is Patrick Mahomes, so. but if he wants him, he wants him. I think he can maybe control the wide receiver spot a little bit more than the running back spot, mm-hmm. but I've just heard that on other things, so I just figured you know we'd be we'd jump in with every other show and mention the fact that Patrick Mahomes did ask them to do it, but. Yeah, so my whole thing there was when I was looking at that group of guys there, because obviously I have him a little bit higher, but uh, I have Sam Laporta and Jonathan Mingo, essentially the the two do the two people at, after him there. And the reason that like you know so he's not there is because you know Sam Laporta is a tight end. Again, we've talked about the hit rate for tight ends, and you're not particularly fond of the landing spot to begin with there in Detroit. And then Jonathan Mingo. It's Bryce Young there. This is a rookie quarterback. They don't tend to produce, you know, fantasy relevant wide receivers right away out there. And then there's also just a concern that, you know, it's, I mean, maybe they spend another pick on a wide receiver next year with a little bit more production or higher, you know, pedigree. Maybe Bryce Young isn't the answer or can't stay healthy because he's a bit of a smaller guy. There's a lot more question marks. Then you look and it's like, well, what's holding Rasheed Rice back other than himself essentially which you could say for any one of the other guys he's there with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City he's got a, you know, Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes not worried about the team or the situation that I have with the other guys that's essentially what gave him the bump up for me over them okay but I can I again you take these guys in any order I don't feel strongly one way or the other so then uh the next guy that I have is uh this is 12 right this is 12 right, I have Mingo you have John, uh Jalen Hyatt 
for the New York Giants. Okay. Maybe becomes, again, we're looking for upside here at these points. Maybe he's the number one wide receiver for Daniel Jones moving forward. His competition, there's a bunch of other slot wide receivers. And then, you know, Darren Waller, who's also a slot wide receiver. Maybe he can, you know, get moved to the outside. He puts on a little bit of weight, gets moved to the outside. He's got the height. He just doesn't necessarily have the, uh, you know, the weight or the size. So if he can, you know, bulk up a little bit. And again, just maybe long term, you know, they spend a third round pick on him. Maybe they come back and take another guy later on. But there's opportunity for him there. It's just not a very clear pathway to opportunities problem. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you know, we talk about guys who have the opportunity to be the number one. It's like, you don't, he has an opportunity, but we don't know really what it is just yet. You know, because that's such a crowd, you don't know how that's going to shake out. That's a very, very crowded situation. Um, my 13th, it'd be, I, I imagine this is probably somebody you don't have in your top 20 or top 24. Um, I'm swinging purely on upside here. Is this no knee? Who? Is this no knee? One leg? This is not no knee, but this okay. is a guy of a very similar build and plays the same exact position. 13 is Devin Achain. Uh, I'll take this swing on the upside. I know he's tiny. I, I know he is. And, okay, there's no there's no argument against it. I, I, he, what, okay, he's small. All right. But the dude is damn explosive. He can fly. And... You're telling me he's got to beat out Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson, and there's rumblings that potentially Dalvin Cook could be on his way there. Um, but, you know, okay, there's been rumblings about a lot of things, but we're talking with the, the second-round pick. Like, yeah, I'll take the shot on the explosive playmaker. So, yeah, let me just address the rumblings real quick. So, because Rich is usually the guy on Reddit or whatever finding, the, you know, these theories <laughs> and uh, conspiracies from some people out there. But I was going through something and I saw a report. Apparently, a guy had put out there that there is essentially a under the table deal that is done between the Minnesota Vikings and the Miami Dolphins to send Dalvin Cook to the Dolphins for a fifth round pick. Essentially is what I believe it is, but the reason the deal is not officially done is because one, Dalvin Cook is recovering from surgery, so if he doesn't pass a physical, his whole salary becomes guaranteed on the Minnesota Vikings salary cap, so that's why they haven't traded and removed him yet, because he wouldn't pass the physical for another team, so that's why they have to wait for post-June 1st, and then that's the other thing, they do it post-June 1st, which is what they're waiting for, some point after post-June 1st, when he's healthy, it also changes the cap implications at that point as well. So that's the, you know, little, the possibility that Dalvin Cook is going there. Uh, I do not have Devin Achain in my top 20. He is RB8, uh, RB8 among the running backs here. I'm not a big fan of a lot of where these running backs went in places. And that's really reflected in the rankings because my number 13 guy is Kendra Miller, who we had talked about earlier. And so that's RB3 coming in at, you know, player 13 here versus Kendra Miller is my RB3 in redraft as well. And he's the fifth rookie off the board in redraft league. So that was just something I wanted to point out at this juncture. Well, uh, Jalen Hyatt was my wide receiver seven and he was player 12 at that point. So seven of the first, you know, 12 players I had were wide receivers as far as a dynasty value goes. But if you're looking at, you know, a redraft league, uh, I have... I have five wide receivers listed there. 
as relevant for this upcoming redraft season. So that's like a drastic difference as far as, again, you're shooting for upside and not necessarily known value at the moment, but just kind of a look at the difference there and everybody. And Jalen Hyatt's uh, wide receiver five there as opposed to wide receiver seven because he has immediate opportunity versus other guys who have long-term opportunity. JSN and Quentin Johnson are the two guys to take the biggest hit as far as those rankings go. They move down to wide receiver three and four as opposed to being wide receiver you know two and three which isn't that great of a fall but they fall down to you know like 10th and uh 12th on the board as opposed to being you know top five picks so just a little bit of the difference between rookies and redraft versus rookie and dynasty we don't expect a whole lot from them this year but it's more about the long-term upside which is what you got to think about when you're picking these guys Sorry to sidetrack us there for a little bit, but uh, we'll move on to our next pick, which is pick 14, because we just did 13-eyed Kendra Miller. You had uh, the gentleman we just talked about, Devin Achain, who goes to Miami. Again, my main concern is his size, but we'll move on. Next pick is for you. Who do you have? I have Marvin Mims Jr. Mims. Okay. The second call, man. Go for it. You know, they Cortland Sutton hasn't looked good. Um, Jerry Judy came on strong at the end of the year um, after, you know, we spent the majority of last off season and the beginning of the, the season crapping all over him. Um, <laughs> back half of the season. He I started good. a feud with Rye for the entire year over Jerry Judy. Yeah. We, we did a lot of that, the troll ride. That was too. a lot of feuding. Yeah. Nobody won that feud between I won the that Jerry feud. Judy court and Sutton. I, I how did, how did you win that feud? Because you got madder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You definitely dig it. You got feuded. It's a you know keep up here. I don't. I, I mean, I'm, I imagine I'm probably just a more emotional person in general. <laughs> things like that. Let's get back but, to Marvin. Yeah. So, I, I mean, the Broncos have been needing another wide receiver for a few years. Um, I think Sean Payton coming in is going to bring some stability and you know professionalism to that offense. Um, I don't expect them to be a dumpster fire again next season. And they went up and got. They traded up and, and went up and got Marvin Mims. And, you know, it was a guy who, you know, we mentioned on the pod before as somebody who we liked. I mean, I don't know if you backed it up. I, I brought him up and mentioned I liked him. Um, he lands in a decent spot with a nice head coach. Um, a decent quarterback at this point. I, I don't know what to make of Russell Wilson. He looked better in the back half of the season, the end of the year, the last few games. But overall, he didn't look good. So maybe the new coach does, you know, something for him. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm just betting on the situation and, you know, the coach and the talent and at this round we're we're looking for we're looking for upside. We're in the second round. I mean, we're not finding it's tough to find pure bona fide studs at this point. Like yeah, it's, it's, especially in the wide receiver position right now, man. There is a lot of good wide receivers already in the NFL. Yeah. And plus we we keep mentioning a lot of these guys aren't the biggest of wide receivers so mm-hmm. like we we've been feel like we've been beating this drum all you know the pre-draft process we like them but how, can they be wide receiver ones i, I know rise mentioned that a ton yes yeah um, i'm saying yeah that's exactly what i'm feeling too is that, is that how many of these guys are going to be the we're, one we're talking second round pick yeah. like it, it, give me mims was a chance to be a wide receiver too yeah i mean like all right i mean i, I like hyatt i I let you get fourteen. Hyatt's my fifteen. Just to you know, gotcha. so I, I, we weren't too far off with where we were at on Hyatt. Who, who did you have at uh, at fourteen? Uh, so at fourteen, I have tight end uh, Michael Mayer for the Las Vegas Raiders. 
they had Darren Waller there previously, and they used him a lot. We know that Josh McDaniel likes to use the tight end. Mean, he comes from New England where they use the tight end heavily. It's featured part of their offense. Obviously, the question marks there are, you know, you have Devontae Adams. They brought in Jacoby Myers, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, they did. Hunter Renfro is still there under contract at the moment. So it's a little crowded as far as pass catchers go. Jimmy G's the quarterback. Does, you know, maybe Jimmy G defaults to, you know, throwing down. To, is that, you know, essentially what they want to do? Do they want to transition back to more of a New England-style offense with Jimmy G as the quarterback there and go to their tight end position a little bit more often? I'm not a huge fan of everything, but it's one of those things where I feel, again, with I don't know. This again, it's just it's the second round. There's a lot of other things after that where you just have question marks about what people's role are, and I just I feel like Michael Mayer's role is the tight end one for the Las Vegas Raiders, and then all the guys I'm looking after this are probably a backup or a rotational right. guy, and we'll get into that as we go through these guys. So, but I did want to note something interesting though while we were talking because we said you know there's a lot of wide good wide receivers in the NFL. I just say going through my rankings. There's a lot of names. I really hate once we get past, like, wide receiver 15 as far as, like, what I'm looking at. I don't feel real great about a lot of the guys, you know what I mean? I'm like, this guy could be a top 20 wide receiver. It could also be very, very disappointing. Yeah. And, yeah, that's part of the issue there is that there's a huge swath of guys that could fluctuate. And, like, you know, I, it's just hard to imagine any of them being consistently in that 15 to 20 range. You're probably flopping from somewhere to 15 to 30 on a weekly basis, and I don't like that. I like consistency. Right. So but back to the rookie rankings. Yeah. So a uh, question: I have Mayer inside my top twenty. I do. Okay. I have him a little bit further down. It's just not to sound like a hater. Just question: We kind of. I know we're in like looking for upside range, so it feels kind of nitpicky. But like we both didn't like him coming in. Like it just feels. I, I didn't expect him to see him this high in your rankings. To be honest. It's the role there that I. I so the guys I have after. Like, I immediately regret this decision. I'm not thrilled about any of the guys after him, you know what I mean? I'm not a big Bryce Young guy. Again, the under, the lack of size uh, makes me nervous. C.J. Stroud's going to Houston, who's still, like, they're, you know, is, like, what, this is year one, uh, year two of the rebuild, if you want to call that, year um, one, technically, because they, they got a new head coach. Like, when, did, when like, do you want to say they started rebuilding? I would call this year one of a rebuild. Yeah, Houston feels like a year away from a year away. Yeah, so how long before C.J. Stroud becomes relevant? Is he ever strongly fantasy relevant in a one-quarterback league uh, without having any rushing value? All the running backs at this point are most likely backups or at, at best competing to be the, the one there. Or like the guys I have, you know, is uh, my next guy where he's behind Kenneth Walker. We got Roshan Johnson, Tank Bigsby, Chase Brown, again, all behind people at the moment. Roshan Johnson may or may not be the one there. With Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman, Tank Bigsby's behind Travis Etienne, Chase Brown's behind Joe Mixon at the moment. I'm just not loving any of these other options, really. And then uh, the other tight ends, I mean, we have Luke Musgrave went to Green Bay, who drafted two wide receivers and two tight ends in this draft. It's very crowded as far as pass catchers there, in addition to having Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs there. Like, there's just so, there's so crowded there that the pathway is not as clear as it is for Michael Mayer. Luke Schoonmaker for Dallas. They brought in Brandon Cooks. They didn't really have, you know, like we were expecting more from Dalton Schultz last year, and it just didn't really happen like we wanted it to there at Dallas. So Yeah, it's like with crowded rooms for rookies, especially when there's other rookies competing with you, like, dude, you're already making not lottery picks in, at this point in the draft, especially this year. I mean, uh, 
uh, it's hard to say, but the you don't want to have your mini lottery within the camp where you're like, does this guy even get to play football? Like, eh, I guess you, you start to get down these further drafts, and I see why a lot of leagues don't even have a fifth round, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because it's uh, it gets like, thin quick. Yeah, it gets very thin quick. So I guess the to answer your question, the reason why he's so up so high is because he's a starter on his team. And okay. all, pretty much all the other guys I have after this aren't guys that I project to be the starters on their team. Gotcha, makes sense. I just had to ask. Yeah. I don't owe you any explanations. All right, so my next guy was Zach Charbonneau. You've talked about before. I Again, if he had gone to a good team, this would have been the guy I was taking at 102. He's behind Kenneth Walker now. We've. That's rough, buddy. Pete. <sighs> yeah. tough, tough spot. Uh, my 15, I have uh, Jalen Hyatt, who we've also mentioned already. Okay. So then at 16, I have Roshan Johnson. And this, again, becomes, of the running backs we have left, I think Roshan Johnson could win that starting job outright as opposed to, like, I think his worst outcome is being in, in a rotation. Where, I just don't know. Where did he land? He landed with the Chicago Bears, so they have Khalil Herbert and Deonta Foreman there. And... I know everybody was like, you know, well, like, you know, they have Khalil Herbert, and they have their, I was like, Khalil Herbert's an undrafted rookie, if I'm not mistaken, or like a real late-round pick, like a sixth, seventh-round pick. Uh, I don't remember, but he, you know, essentially higher draft capital in Roshan Johnson than Khalil Herbert. Not real high draft capital, but they did put some draft capital into it. They have Dante, Deonta Foreman, who they gave, you know, a small... I just, everybody seemed... I don't I don't understand the Deonta Foreman hype. A lot of other experts out there seem to be real big on him after, like, what he did last year. And I'm like, it's like one year out of, like, a six- or seven-year career at this point. They signed him only to, like, a one-year, like, $2 million deal or something. It's not like they gave this guy the bank or anything. Like, he got one of the small running back contracts out there, not even, like, competing with David Montgomery or Miles. Like, so, like, I just don't understand why they think, like... You know, there's no huge investment in any one of these assets, so there's mm-hmm. the possibility Roshan Johnson just Could wins win the, the job. just wins yeah. the role, and that's essentially again what you're looking for is upside here, and he has the potential to be the starter there. Versus again, the other running backs I mentioned who are behind the guys, unless those guys get moved. Yeah, yeah I, I have him a couple spots further down, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I can't hate on the him at 16 at all. Nah, me neither. I, I like him right in this area. Uh, obviously, one of the things I saw online was like, what if. You know, he's just been playing behind the best running back in the year, and he's actually one of also one of the other best running backs. It's just that he didn't get to really shine where he was at. Um, now, dude, that is <laughs> – you are paying at Charles at this point when you're – that's your process, but that's kind of how some of the process goes <laughs> down here. Yeah. The later you get. Mm-hmm. And then – did you already say you're uh, 16? Uh, 16, no. 16, I have Tank Bigsby. Okay. Um, you know, I mentioned on the last pod, it just had those weird, or it might have been two two uh, episodes ago. Tank Bigsby got a lot those of Those weird concerns about Travis Etienne. And, you know, Peterson, Doug Peterson mentioned earlier in the offseason that they wanted to add another back. Um, and we know from firsthand experience with him being the Eagles coach that he will use a committee. Um, and no matter how mad it makes you. Yeah, as, as frustrated as you get, he will use a committee. And... Mm-hmm. Tank Bigsby was a player that, you know, I liked beforehand. Um, he falls in an unfortunate situation where he's behind Travis Etienne. But I, I could see a situation where they're both, you know, not necessarily RB1s or anything like that, but they both could be, you know, serviceable fantasy assets. You know, if, if Travis Etienne continues to, you know, catch some passes and, and takes that volume, 
Um, he struggled in the goal line, so that gives Bigsby, you know, the leg up there. Maybe he scores the touchdowns and Travis Etienne catches the passes and then the yards are the yards, and they both are able to eat his possibility. Yeah. I mean, dude, we're, we're talking handcuffs in this area. Um, it's handcuff not a bad place upside, to be a handcuff. Yeah. It's not a bad place to be a running back handcuff. Well, you know, you never want to – you know, you have to speculate if there could be an injury. All right, like this guy has to step up into a bigger role. Is he in a good situation – in that role, you know, is he in a place where he's, you know, set up to succeed? And I mean, I think he could in Jacksonville. Yeah, and like you said, these are handcuffed guys, and that's kind of the group of guys I had here. I have Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson, Tank Bigsby. Uh, I have Tank Bigsby as my next guy, so okay. uh, he's my literally the next one down right after Roshan Johnson. Again, Roshan's only above him because he has the chance to be the one outright. But like you said, Tank Bigsby behind Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne's going into what his third year now after having he yeah, lost his rookie season, season to injury. Yeah. So, how long is he for the team? Like you said, there's the chance that they're rotating and he's the goal line back. We could have a like a AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones sort of situation going on here. Possibly. One thing with with Etienne, he was a first round pick, so he does have a fifth year option on his deal. So it's not like he's guaranteed to be gone after, you know, next season. There's a potential he's around for two more after this one. Okay. And, yeah, fifth-year options, though, mm-hmm. especially on a running back, can be kind of pricey depending on what he yeah, does or Yeah, I'm not do. saying they will There's different tiers to all yeah, of that, absolutely. too, which is crazy. Um, but, yeah, so I – like I said, we kind of see the same thing on Tanks Bigsy because he's my next-rated guy there. I did just want to say, again, looking back at a, at a redraft league, like these are the last sort of guys that are kind of being taken in a redraft league because they're handcuffs to guys. So I had Zach Charbonnet, Tank Bigsby. Roshan Johnson actually drops much further down because he's, his just role isn't clear. Whereas the other guys, you take them as a handcuff to Kenneth Walker, you take them as a handcuff to Travis Etienne, and if something happens, you know when you're going to start them versus I don't know what's going to happen with Roshan Johnson. So... That could be, you know, week three. It could be week 15. Right, exactly. And then who was your next guy? Because mine was Tank Biggs. Uh, pick se- uh, 17 overall, I have uh, Bryce Young as my quarterback, too. Okay. Um, you know, w- w- when we talk quarterbacks in one QB, if they don't have the rushing upside, you're looking at a guy who needs to be able to throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. And – you know, you talk about young, he has the size concerns, and there's no doubt about it. You can't argue about that. He's, he's very, very slight. But when you watch him play, he's just got that a bit of, like, magic to him where he's able to make people miss and, you know, run around behind the line of scrimmage and, and make a play happen. And, you know, we're getting into that range to where we're looking, we're shooting for upside at this point. And I'll take the shot at Bryce Young. Um, he's the number one overall pick in the draft, and you give me, you know, we're talking 17th overall prospect. I'll take him. I'll take yeah. my shot on him. Yeah, one QB, like, if you need guys to, if you're looking thin at QB, I like the pick here. Uh, you know, it's, uh, these are guys that would be going in the top four or five picks in Superflex. Uh, it's just, yeah, the, the value is obviously diminished in one QB a lot, but I, I, I really like taking a QB. Whether this is your guy or one, where you want Stroud, yeah, or, you know, right in this area. I don't expect Richardson to still be here in the second round. No, I don't either. Yeah, because he, 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 he offers that rushing upside. Yeah. He offers legit QB one upside. Yeah, and he, of that. yeah, he can come yeah. in and make a splash immediately. Like he can come in and be your guy. He if, can come if, in, even if he can't throw the ball very well. Yeah, this rookie year. We've seen it happen countless times. Yeah. Look at Justin Fields last year. Mm-hmm. He was a very good fantasy quarterback, even though you know real quarterback play, he struggled to throw the football well. He was, right able to run himself to fantasy success. Yeah. 
So I'll just run off the last uh, three guys I had here then, kind of throw them all out. So I had Chase Brown as the running back, kind of falls in the same vein as uh, Tank Bigsby and Roshan mm-hmm. Johnson. He should be the handcuff to Joe Mixon. There's the potential that Joe Mixon gets moves, in which case we'll readdress the situation with Chase Brown, depending on what other moves they make there. But some potential Joe Mixon has missed some time there, so he could fill in like a Samaj P. Ryan, have some fantasy-relevant role. Also, Joe Mixon's getting older. They move on from him. But they, he's they, a late-round pick. There's no guarantee that— uh, They did say he's—like, I think Zach Taylor said, like, he's here to stay. Like, he wants—like, they want to keep him in Cincinnati. Just, that, that is also—could be coach speak. He also does have something going on off the field where he has some charge against him that he's uh, answering for. So that's still all got to unfold. But then my last two guys are C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, basically piggybacking everything off you just said. Flip them. I have Stroud first over Young because of the size concern. But, again, if you wanted to take either one of those guys earlier in the second round over these other skilled players yeah. not feeling bad and you feel like you're better off taking a shot on a quarterback than the wide receiver position, depending on how it is, even with it yeah. being one quarterback. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't hate reaching for, for uh, QB at 205. You need a QB. You should yeah. probably get one of these guys. You should at least take a stab on something here. Yeah, I mean, it's you're... a pretty decent quarterback class. I mean, yeah. compare it. We had how many guys with four in the top? Or, what, three in the top ten? Yeah, we're three in the top five. Yep, something like, like that. Yeah. So, I mean, compared to the last year, there were you know there was one in the first round completely. That was picking the twenties. Like, so if if there is a class to take it to address the quarterback position, this would be the one. I mean, mm-hmm. there's high capital guys. You have good options yes, here too. Like exactly. you, you should be able to, you you should be able to get somebody if you need it. Yes, exactly. And you should be making I mean, that move. You're if probably you need kicking it. yourself right now if you forced this yourself to address it last year. I mean, that that's why. We say let the draft capital tell you. Like I mean, we talked about Malik Willis last year as a guy who looked pretty good on the tape sometimes, but like, you know, the draft capital was what. So you know, they, yeah, they told us everything we needed to know. So that that's not the round. It's not the year to address the quarterback position when there's only one in the first round. Yeah. So like for this is the time. It's it's, it's well stocked cupboard. You know, there, there's options. You're not just going there and taking scraps or. Taking the only available option. Yeah, especially yeah. even if you don't have, even if you have your QB one, and he is healthy too. Quarterbacks can go down all the time. You, you know? need depth, mm-hmm. and you need depth, and uh, you know it's not a bad time. Even if it's like, oh, well, dude, I have Lamar Jackson, I have Patrick Mahomes. Like, if you don't have anybody behind them, like the in case, like that could ruin your season. Now with QBs, yeah, it could take. They might always be starting right away, but. So guys, like you said, high draft capital. Hopefully, you'll be able to see what what you're working with pretty early. And who are your final three guys? So here, my final three at eighteen, I have uh, Michael Mayer, uh, tight end. Okay. Um, Nineteen, I have Roshan Johnson. Okay. And uh, twenty, I have Josh Downs. Okay, so you did not have C.J. Stroud make your cut. He didn't. Him and uh, Chase Brown, who you also had right there towards the end, are just in like my, my early 20s. Okay. And then you said Josh Downs made your... Yeah, Josh Downs at 20. He's a guy I was very fond of and I liked as a prospect coming in to the draft process. And, you know, he's a bit on the slighter side. Like we mentioned, a ton of these wide receivers. So I feel like we're a broken record saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. But, I don't know, he's a dude he knows how to get open. He's like a, you're very, he's not a flashy dude. You know, he's going to beat you. He's a slot guy. He's going to beat you with technique, and that's how he's going to do it. And, you know, we're talking end second round pick. Like, give me the dude who's very technically sound. Yeah, I have him as my wide receiver 10 in the class. 
Um, so he didn't make the cutoff for the top 20 guys as far as all that. But like you said, it, again, if you want to swap him in there for one of those other guys, or if you're set at quarterback and you want to take bump the quarterbacks out and move him up in there, you know, you can do that. He's the, he's essentially, he's went to the Annapolis Colts. So it's a matter of, you know, Michael Pittman, I believe is in the final year of his contract. He's the only one of like those second round wide receivers a few years ago who didn't sign a deal. He could be out of there and then you're down to Alec Pierce and Josh Downs so those would be your two guys going forward in Indy or he could just be the third guy there but that's the the pathway there is essentially that is that either Alec Pierce isn't the guy or they move on from Michael Pittman and he becomes the number two there in Indy with Anthony Richardson developing as his quarterback so there is upside there and then yeah like you said I think uh Devin Achain didn't make my list and uh he made yours and then uh CJ Stroud made my list and make yours and Sam uh, and what? Sam. Sam? Yeah, Laporta. Sam. Laporta. Oh, yeah, Sam Laporta. Right. Can't forget about Sam Laporta. So, well, who else did I have that didn't make? Uh, that's, that's the hottest take. Make yours. Who? I had Downs and Chain that didn't make yours. Yep. And you had Stroud and uh, Chase Brown that didn't make mine. And, uh, and Laporta. And Laporta. So there's a third guy so that you third, had. Uh, uh, Bryce Young. No, I had Bryce Young. He was my last guy. If, if Ryan nails fine. a Sam pick. That'll be, that'll be good. Sam Laporta pick. Yeah, that'll I'm be. Not picking Sam Laporta. What's that? I'm not picking Sam Laporta. No, I'm saying, <laughs> but you haven't ranked so high. Well, I've been, dude. This guy is not getting chatter out there at all, and you're out here, you know, saying like that yeah, you have him that high. Now, obviously, just because he's that high doesn't mean you know that everybody else is not that high, so you can grab him later. But if you have him that high, and he like turns out to be a generational, not generational, but a top, tight end. yeah, well, if he comes out, I mean, he's dude, top five tight end. Iowa has a history of producing good tight ends in the NFL. I mean, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, there's a couple other guys who weren't like the elite pass catching options. Uh, he's getting options. nervous over there. Ryan's getting nervous. He's like, my my findings. Weren't the elite pass catching options, but they had careers as NFL tight ends for yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, he comes from that, you know, that ilk. That stock. Yeah, that stock. That good farm, corn-fed stock. Mm-hmm. They feed them boys they right down there. Is that, feed them good. I, th- I think it's more of an Appalachian a- accent. Yeah, you know, I just do what I do. Yeah, we're, yeah. We don't we don't leave Philly. Are we in? We're in Philly right now, yeah. Yes, Roxbury is considered Philly. I, I had this conversation with Keegan recently. No. 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 I just didn't know we were in and out Pittsburgh. Drive up by the old, old friendlies, and you'll see the sign. It says yeah. you're now leaving Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, cool. I don't got anything else, so I'm just kind of... That's every, yeah, I think that's going to be everything from us today. We didn't need to add on any other extra stuff. We went uh, as long as we needed to go, so... That's going to do it for us today. You can follow us on Spotify at Fantasy Oddballs. We're also on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcast. Until next time, I'm Ryan Nichols. Mitch Hauk, shout out to our Belgium listeners. Oh, yeah. I'm Mike Coyle. Peace out.